This is my mommy. This is my mommy. Welcome to the chef. Welcome to Nani and Mom. I'm Nani. And I'm Mom. So Nani, what are we talking about today? So today we are talking about stress-free eating approaches. I know you love this topic, Mom. Ooh, how did you know? This is one of my favorites. I live for this. You know that? Yes. Um, so I'm really excited to talk about this because I think parents have a tendency to stress about their kids' eating habits from a very early age. And unfortunately, that often begins to reinforce unwanted habits in doing so. Sure. Lifelong. Yeah. So some of the issues that we see early on are picky eating, issues with texture, mixing foods, only eating a small number of foods, inability to self-feed, and weight issues, or even disordered eating. Wow, that's crazy. Um, all from the beginning of... Infancy. Infancy, that's wild. So how did you get started in this passion of yours? Well, that's an interesting question that I don't have a great answer to. <laughs> um, it was one of those things, I think, that when I was pregnant the first time, I was just doing a lot of putzing around on the internet, and um, I came across something called baby-led weaning, um, and I encourage everybody to Google it. I've never even heard of baby-led weaning until you told me about it. I hadn't either, and I don't recall any other scenarios except stumbling across it from the internet. I hadn't hmm. heard any other parents who do it. I hadn't seen any other kids involved in it. Granted, I didn't have a lot of exposure to other children okay. before I had a kid. So um, what, what is involved with baby-led weaning? What is, what is that? Yeah, so that's a great question. Essentially, baby-led weaning is the philosophy of skipping purees and allowing children to self-feed from the get-go um, once they, of course, are kind of starting to wean off of um, breast milk or formula. I remember being freaked out when you were, like, allowing Benjamin to have these whole hunks of food and stuff and I was just like oh my god what is this philosophy that she is yeah so the book is by um Gil Rapley and Tracy Merkett um, but it has such fantastic benefits and these are just a few I again encourage you to google it or pick up their book or their cookbook okay um it allows children to learn the proper order of chewing and then swallowing versus purees, which is the opposite if you think about it. Um, oh, yeah, that, that teaches kids sense. how to swallow but doesn't teach them how to chew. Mm -hmm. um, it also helps children learn how to self-feed yeah. and regulate their own hunger, which ultimately results in lower risk for obesity as well as disordered eating. Wow, that's cool. Um, it helps develop fine motor skills and hand-eye oh, coordination. Yeah, I thought that was amazing. Yeah, which is fascinating because that is not directly related to food habits, right? That is just simply a life skill right. that you pick up by um, allowing kids to eat food in its whole natural form. They have to work really hard to get their hand to that food and get that food to their mouth and yeah. pick it up with their fingers. And, and it's really fascinating how it all sort of plays together. Yeah. Um, it allows children to be exposed to the texture of food in its natural form versus uh, yeah. only getting it from puree. Puree. So yeah. when you're pureeing food, it's all the same texture. Mm -hmm. um, they're not getting exposed to 
<laughs> it makes sense, right? Like, oh, it does. It does. I just was thinking about your older brother when he was young. I, I used to lace all of his pureed foods with peaches because he, he would only eat peaches. So, yeah, I'm learning a lot. I wish I'd have known back then. Yeah, yeah. well, it's interesting how we got to that point. You know, I think that it's probably mostly a convenience thing that people got impatient about wanting to feed their children um, and a pureed form of food is an easy way to get food into kids' mouths. Well, and my pediatrician was like, this is how you do it. Yeah, so um, this is kind of a back to basics when it comes to food. So those are all great things for the babies, but let's not forget that this is also really beneficial for the parents um, because you are not tied to sitting and feeding your key kid at every single meal. Oh, yeah. So yeah. then you're able to use those two hands that you have to do something else productive. Like, I don't know, feed yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, because yeah. it's important to model how to eat by sitting and eating with your kids yes. as well. Yes. Um, That's such a good and important thing to do. Yeah. So it it's just... It made sense to me when I came across it. So both of our kids um, were mostly baby-led weaned. Um, we tried to push that as much as we could. Um, and it's not scary once you kind of get used to it. I think people underestimate what children are capable of. And mm -hmm. infants, I mean, the, uh, six months is when we start introducing solids to kids. And sometimes even younger than that, around four months, doctors are recommending rice cereals and things. Mm -hmm. um, so... Even at that young, early age, it's such an important thing to start. And it it's just really, it feels really like common sense to me. Yeah. But, you know, in the modern world, gosh, that just feels like a huge challenge because it almost feels like you're swimming uphill because all of society, all of your peers, I mean, I would imagine that you're probably in the, the lower percentage of people doing this because, like, I mean, I feel like I know a lot about child rearing and that sort of thing, and I've never heard of it. Yeah. You know, so. No, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the American diet, um, especially the convenience foods and the marketing, are not helping parents. So I, I totally feel you on that. I think you bring up a really good point. Um, as an example, I recently read a nutrition label for a pack of snack bars that were labeled kids on the front of it. So this is a box of snacks that is directly marketed, marketed to be for kids wow. that had 10 grams of added sugar per bar. Oh my gosh. It, well, it gets better. So the American Heart Association recommends that children ages 2 to 18 should have less than 25 grams or about 6 teaspoons of added sugar per day. Whoa. So if you eat one bar that has... 10 grams of added sugar in it, that is just about half of wow. the total recommend. We're just talking the recommended amount. Yeah. And I would probably venture to say that that's most on the high us. end. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And most of us are exceeding that. I mean, if they have a bar like that, it's almost guaranteed that they are exceeding that recommended daily yeah. value. Just when you add up the sugar that is in everything, everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, for example, your your average breakfast cereal, so Frosted Flakes, Fruit Loops, or Captain Crunch, has approximately 12 grams of sugar per adult serving. Oh, wow. Okay, and, and this, these are things that are, I mean, kids are, there's a, a 
cartoon on the front of a Frosted Flake, right? Right, so, right, right. Um, a 12-ounce can of Sprite has 38 grams holy, of sugar. Holy, holy crap. And you grow up kind of oh thinking that, you know, if you're going to have a, a dark soda versus a light soda, you automatically think your Sprite's probably, quote-unquote, better for you. Yeah. Um, but... Do we know the comparison to that through a dark soda? I didn't. Or are they the same? uh, I didn't do the research on that. I'd I'd be able to maybe put that in the show notes or um, post that on our Instagram That's just a curious thing. I'll have to look that up myself and just see. I'm curious. Yeah, but so you can see how quickly that adds up um, and how difficult it makes it for us to um, work towards healthy eating habits for our children. But I think that the best thing that parents can do uh, is to keep learning, keep educating yourselves about the better choices that you can make. Um, I will say, I'll be the first to say, my pantry is not a picture of perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am an in, I am intentional about as much as I can be, and it's constantly a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I, I try to create a good balance too so that, um, you know, my kids have the opportunity to learn for themselves yeah um so it's a it's a balance and you for some people you might be able to go cold turkey in the world Uh, we live in it's difficult that's not gonna happen but so here's the thing here so like we've talked about and like you were lucky enough to discover this baby led weaning kind of on the front end, so you're you've been doing it from the get go. Mm-hmm. But we probably have, and I hope we have, a lot of listeners who are further on into the journey and have missed that window of the baby led weaning stuff. So, how can parents do better by their kids at any age? What 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 can they do? Yeah, I think that's great. So, um, again, just to reiterate, if you have already passed the infant stage. Don't fret. Don't stress. Don't feel like your window has closed. Um, there is always changes you can make um, in your household, and it is a household experience. So yes. these changes should be implemented with everybody, but it can be at any age. So I do have some um, some tips that I think are going to be helpful for parents with children of all ages. It's never too late. Never too yeah. late. So the first thing is chill out. Chill out. Yeah. It is in our natural biological instinct to be cautious of trying a new food. Mm-hmm. So think of our hunter-gatherer ancestors, <laughs> yeah. right? Like Do that, you think yeah. that they were just tromping around the forest and they find this bush and they think, oh my gosh, I'm starving. I'm going to just eat this whole thing. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. That goes against every instinct that we have. So... I think that's something that we need to remember when our kids are cautious of trying a new food. That's our basic human instinct. Yeah, we're supposed to be like that. That whole protective function of don't don't just chow down on something that something we don't know that might be poisonous. Yeah, and now yeah. of course, you know, nothing on their plate in this day and age is going to poison them. No, but their natural biological instinct is still there. Yes. So as a parent, remember that. Don't expect your kids to just automatically want to put everything in their mouth that you put on their plate. Right. Um, and when you pull that out of the equation, when you when you just take a chill pill and just calm down and relax, lower, like just completely forget about that. 
Yeah. And remember that it's a natural instinct that, that they are wanting to protect themselves and from. And be cautious. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so one example, you know, you just have to keep offering. So continue to offer these new foods. Um, for example, my oldest, I recently made some boiled eggs, which were, was something that I um, offered a lot during the baby-led weaning process, but I came to realize recently I hadn't made them in a while. So my three-year-old had not really seen a boiled egg in a while. <laughs> Um, he was very intrigued by it, though. So yeah. he saw his dad eating one, and he was like, what is that? So we took one out of the refrigerator. We showed it to him. We explained how it was an egg that was cooked differently. We showed him how to crack it, and he cracked it himself and peeled it. And then he looked at it, and he touched it, and he was excited about it. He talked about it. He kept coming back to it, but he didn't take a bite. Hmm. But guess what? It doesn't matter. He explored matter. it. He explored yeah. it with all of his senses, yeah. aside from he taste. And that will come it, later. Smelled it, looked at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so take it as a win and be excited. And um, yeah, for them. and you were a lot you allowed him that space to just experience that egg in that form. Mm-hmm. And later on he'll eat it. Yep. And we never said, take a bite. Ooh, try to take a bite. No, we just let him. We said, what does it look like? Ooh, what does it feel like? Mm -hmm. What does it smell like? Let's just, you know. Be curious. Chill out. Yeah. Yeah. And be be chill. Yeah. So the next um, tip that I have would be lowering your expectations. Yeah. Lower your expectations for your children. Kids are really good at self-regulating when you give them the chance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. This kind of goes back to, I think I already said that it'll blow your mind what kids are capable of if you allow them to experience it for themselves so don't force them or coerce them or bribe them or beg them or trick them into eating anything I think that's a trap we all you know I don't know my I heard you know there were starving kids in Ethiopia you better eat your food which you know now in my adult brain I'm like why would I eat my food when there's how how is it helpful for me to overeat when there's kids star, you know, that, right. and it, that and doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it's the culture that we've developed. And yeah. I think it, it probably starts from a good place. You want your kids to grow healthy and strong. Right, of um, course. But that is taking over the more important aspects of allowing a child to Their self-regulate. Yeah. Yes, so um, something that I live by is that you, as the adult, get to decide what is offered to them. Mm-hmm. They get to decide how much they want to eat. Ah, I love that. So if you come back to that each time that you are um, preparing a meal, that you feel good about what you're offering them, mm-hmm. they get to decide how much of it they eat. That's awesome. Take and yeah. then the, your expectation you're giving them is good choices. If they if they choose to eat, great. And if they choose not to eat, great. Yeah, yeah. So um, because think about it this way: if your logic is that your kid isn't eating, mm-hmm. and you're worried because they're not eating. So you offer them the slice of cheese pizza because you know that they'll eat it. Then you're effectively reinforcing that they're not going to eat anything but cheese pizza. Yes, right. Which and that's really important to make sure you have the appropriate and proper feedback loops. Correct. That you want to build. Yeah. And now let me caveat by saying my kids eat cheese pizza, okay? Okay. <laughs> they, they definitely do. Um, but, but you can also create a cheese pizza that's a lot more healthy than, say, something you order from the delivery, you know, to be delivered. 
you can, or an occasional cheese pizza isn't going to hurt you. Right. And it's building that in along with a large variety of, of, other, of stuff. other whole yeah. nutritious foods. Um, but I also think that there needs to be a lowering of expectations in relation to serving sizes. Absolutely. Um, so for children, especially toddlers, they're not growing at nearly as fast of a pace as, say, like your um, 12 to 18, <laughs> 12 to 24 month old who yeah. just seems to be able to house pancakes like no tomorrow. Yeah, like you used to eat your grandpa under the table when you were when you were one. Mm -hmm. But as you got older, like, you know. It starts to regulate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. My older is wearing the same size t-shirt that he wore last summer. Doesn't mm. mean he's not growing. It just means he's not growing at near as fast of a pace as when he was a baby until right, now. Right, right. Um, so grow so fast. It's yeah. completely normal. And if you put a full size adult serving onto a child's plate, they're going to be overwhelmed. Mm, um, so absolutely. when you're introducing new foods, it should be a very, I mean, usually it's like a teaspoon. If that yeah we had cabbage the other night with dinner mm -hmm. and they each got one little leaf of cabbage yeah and if you if they want more you can add more exactly you don't have to overwhelm them and also you know saying things like oh you need to try it oh you need to eat it oh you need to you know you're just creating a power struggle mm -hmm. and in an area that there doesn't need to be a power struggle. Exactly. You know, just allowing them, you know, if you eat it, great. And if you don't, great. Mm -hmm. And and But I'm not overwhelming you with the amount of food that I've placed on your plate. Right. And that also helps to reduce waste. Um, I, I monitor the kids' plates pretty closely. If there's something that's left on it that wasn't icked, it gets mm -hmm. saved. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll eat it. You know, I don't mind. Um, mm. Because it's really important to me to... to um, waste as little as possible. And mm -hmm. during the baby led weaning process, there is a you you better get some dogs if you don't. <laughs> They're great. They're great for cleanup when you're going through that process. Yeah, but as the yeah. kids get older, Start small, like you said, and they mm -hmm. can always ask for more. And they will if they're hungry. Right. And it doesn't matter how much of what on the plate they're eating. Mm -hmm. Um if they ask for more of something because they're hungry, we don't say to them oh, you can't have more of this until you eat some of that. Right. I love that because, you know, they're they're learning about the textures. They're learning about the tastes. And they do have preferences. And they will grow into broad, you know, but, but going back to your first thing of talking about, you know, just be chill, you know, mm -hmm. like... Is this the hill you want to die on? You know, and food is not the hill that I want to no. die on. No, and, and I think, like, you know, I think, like you said, it, the being being demanding about it um, just perpetuates the picky eating because then you're, you're in this power struggle. And being demanding about it um, also sets them up for the potential for, like you said, eating disorders on down the road, mm -hmm. obesity on down the road, and, um, you know, doing it this way, being chill, allowing them to be the leader, but you remembering as the parent that you're a good role model to that and making sure that the people that you surround your children with are also good role models, that they're 
open to not forcing mm-hmm. food and not yeah, I think, falling into our old traps. Yeah, right? and I think you could probably attest to um, how vocal I've been over the last three years with our eating philosophies with the kids. Um, so I think, you know, I, I, I'm going to tell people how I feel typically. I love it. Um, because I think it is important, and, and we do. We definitely share with all of our friends and family how yeah. our food philosophy is at our house. Um, so that kind of brings me to my next... I was just going to say, you know, I, th- I think I've caught myself falling into old habits, you know, like, oh, go ahead and just, you know, do one any more to eat or, you know, and then realizing, oh, wait, no, 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 that's not... That's not what we're doing here. Yeah. You know, because I've had to learn new things, too. And I think it's really great, though, that you've been so educated and educating us and being a good role model. Because not only are you being a good role model with nutrition with your children, but it's helping me learn things about nutrition as well. So it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, again, we could probably have 17 (laughs) episodes episodes. about food because it really is something that I find to be What else do you got? You got more tricks for us? Yeah. So the next thing that I want to make sure that you're doing with your kids is involving them in the process. Okay. What does that look like? That, I mean, whether that be helping with the meal. So cutting things up, doing the grocery shopping, have a build your own pizza night where they get to touch the food, decide what goes on their plate, um, serving themselves. Love that. Yeah. So they should be involved in the process. They're going to be much more likely to try something if they've been involved in the process. I know. uh, I was just talking to my dad, your grandpa, Mm -hmm. about how when he was out here recently and uh, picking up plums from the ground for the chickens. Mm-hmm. And then he said the next thing he knew, here comes Ben with the four-foot ladder. I want to get some fresh plums for us to eat, Grandpa. Yeah. And, you know, how exciting because he's involved with growing the food mm-hmm. and and being a part of that. Yeah, and obviously with the, you know, he loves to go to the grocery store with me. Mm-hmm. The current circumstances um, have not allowed us to take a trip together yeah. recently, but he will still say to me, um, oh, I'll go with you when I say I need to go grocery shopping. Aww. He says, oh, I'll go with you. And I think that, um, you know, it's important to take your kids on on those types of things. Not only does it help with their eating habits, but it teaches them how to be a, a an active member in society or really in their own life. Like yeah. eventually they will have to go grocery shopping for their own right. well, selves. I know when you guys were children, you and Steven, uh, not, I don't, maybe Blake and Luke too, but uh, I, we used it for math a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, you would, we would talk about how much money and that sort of thing as you got older. There's yeah. so many good things about going to the grocery store. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think that uh, not only do you have to involve your kids, but you yourself have to be involved too. And what I mean by that is, like you said, being a good role model. Mm-hmm. So mealtime should be sitting down as a family together as often as uh-huh. possible. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that there's always something going on. Sometimes mm-hmm. we eat outside on the run because it's nice out and it's yeah. summer. Um, but as often as possible, you should be sitting down and eating with them because, again, they will model what yeah you're model doing. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying new foods, if you're mm-hmm. if you're tasting new foods, if you're eating your food, mm-hmm. they're then going to role it. model. They're going to follow suit. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but also keep those expectations low. Dinner time does not have to be, it won't be 20 minutes. 
we are lucky if we get five sometimes (laughs) because their their attention span is just not that long they don't eat as much but we sit down and we have dinner Mm um and then kind of some other tips and tricks that I always like to try to include something on their plate that you know they like or that Mm -hmm. you know they'll be receptive to, whether that's a piece of fruit or, for us, that's often sweet potatoes. Oh, yeah. um, Mm -hmm. Or carrots, something that you know that they'll be receptive to eating. Um, It makes the plate more inviting. If Mm -hmm. the plate only has foods on it that they're not familiar with or they're uncomfortable with, that's, that's a huge red flag for them. Down. Yep, yeah. they'll be completely overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, I also want to make sure that you're not only sneaking things in. Yeah, don't don't yeah don't 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 hide it in in things. Right. So um, I am all for making veggie loaded meals. Okay. Um, so I will put all kinds of veggies into different meals. So meatballs have veggies in them. Egg muffins are yeah. one of my favorites. And they're so good and loaded that, with all those veggies. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that is for the purpose of getting them the good the nutrition. nutrition. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, you need to always be offering foods in its natural form mm-hmm. um, so that they get familiar with the texture, the taste, the smell. Mm-hmm. You don't want to trick them into eating broccoli for their whole life because right. then you're not doing them any they, good. Right. They you don't might understand be understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might be giving them the nutrition that they need from that food, but you're not teaching them any valuable habits. So yeah. even I wouldn't even call what I do hiding because I explain to them what's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they, know. they are involved in the preparation of it, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see lots of your videos. The kids are in there <laughs> working on liver pâtés and yeah. veg- cutting up vegetables. And, and no, they don't do a great job at it, but they're involved. And that makes them more likely to want to try these mm-hmm. foods as well. Because yeah. And, um Patrick was zoodling with me the other day. Oh, So we cool. got out the zoodler and, you know, like you said, it's kind of a hassle sometimes. It feels it a little bit of an inconvenience, but it's longer. worth it. Yeah. Um, and then he's just grabbing the, the raw zucchini and just eating it, saying noodle, noodle. Yeah. So I think it's really great to, to make sure that we are um, continuing to offer foods and, and be transparent and explain to them so they can learn about the different foods and how valuable they are. Right. Um, one thing that's really difficult that I think is important to do, and and I have to constantly work on this also, is offering foods that even maybe you don't like. Mm. Um, This one's really, really tough because it it does require you to think outside the box. So, for example, um, I'm... I don't have an affinity for green apples. Mm -hmm. So we eat a lot of apples here, but I typically gravitate towards buying Red, Red and, and Gala, yeah. and Fuji. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but at one point, this is what was a while back, but I bought green apples for whatever reason. And um, I gave one to Patrick, and he just gobbled it up. <laughs> and and then it like took me a second to realize, well, oh, he doesn't have the opinion about yeah. green apples that I do. Right, right. He's just eating it because it was offered to him. And so, he liked it. Yes. And what? <laughs> Wow, what a concept. Yeah. So I think that's really important that, um, you know, you have to be intentional about um, exploring foods for yourself so that your kids have a wider exposure to all different kinds of food. Right back to that role modeling and how important it is to uh, make sure that you're role modeling the behaviors that you are hopeful that your children will 
latch on to. Mm-hmm. And that's the best that you can do. Yeah. In creating those choices and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I think that, you know, for us, we really don't stress at mealtimes because we choose not to stress about it. I think that's super important. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we talked about, like that's a choice. You don't have to stress about this. The truth is, is the kids are going to eat and they're not going to starve themselves, especially if you're offering healthy, nutritious food. Now, again, we don't want to just uh, offer, you know, crap. Mm-hmm. Which <laughs> becomes what, a big part of the struggle. So I, yeah. I totally feel you on that. That is definitely something you know I I spend a lot of time in the kitchen but it's important to me right um you know food is what keeps us alive why wouldn't you why wouldn't you want to to? well you know I just want everybody to remember that good nutrition fosters good brain function in both children and adults so true yeah so if you guys want to hear more on food um, which I would love if you have other questions. <laughs> Mom loves this. Or comments. Um, drop us a message on Instagram. We're at Nani and Mom Podcast. That's N O N N I E and Mom Podcast. See you soon.